Good to see you. How you guys doing tonight? Good. You got your coffee. Is that uh, the reason for this tardiness? Or no. Bad no. traffic. Uh, there's so many lights in oh, Lincoln. It's like it's unbelievable. I I don't live that far, but it it just it doesn't matter. It, I manage to catch every single light between here and 84th Street, and and inevitably it doesn't matter what time I leave. I'm always ripping the the rubber off the tires getting to this place. Well, hopefully we have this time slot set for a while. We've had a couple of meetings with uh, the tickets over the last, uh, you know, two weeks. And 8 to 9 seems to be a nice slot for you uh, putting the kids to sleep. Is that what you were doing just before tonight? Yeah, you know, we had uh, – I made some uh, chicken noodle soup tonight. And uh, we had dinner and, and uh, got to spend a little time with the girls. My wife had some errands to run. And so we were getting the kitchen cleaned up, and, and uh, all of a sudden it was time for Dad to go. So – uh, Ronnie wanted a couple extra hugs and kisses because I won't be there to actually put her into bed tonight. But uh, she's getting close. And the way she's been lately, it wouldn't surprise me if she's still awake when I get back at 9.15. But we'll see. Well, you haven't been getting a lot of sleep, right? What's that been like? You know, you've got the, the little one, Ronnie, but then even a littler one trying to, you know, make your life a little more difficult at night. You know what? Uh, Cammy's actually getting uh, some pretty regular sleep these days, which has been pretty awesome. Um, and my wife is a saint. So if there's that one feeding throughout the, the night, depending on what I have the next day, uh, if I have a game or something, she'll probably let me, let me sleep through the night. Last night I did take the, uh, the 5 a.m. shift and, and, uh, that was it for the day. So I was kind of up from then on. So I'm a little tired today, but most nights it's been pretty good. She's getting, She's getting six or seven hours in a row, which uh, is a blessing at this point in time. She's not quite three months yet. And then the decorations are all set up at the Russo household. How early do you do that? Do you wait until Thanksgiving? Some people do it even before Thanksgiving. Like, what's that like? If it were up to me, the the tree would be up the day after Halloween. Uh, My wife makes me wait for the tree until after Thanksgiving. So we were on the road after Thanksgiving, right? And, And then that Sunday we put the tree up and, uh, decorated and and did some of those things but we're having some sort of crazy windstorm tomorrow so i've got a couple things in the yard nothing major i've got some light up snowmen and and uh a sign that is requesting santa stop at our house and um i had to take all those out of the the ground tonight to make sure that uh nothing goes uh goes flying away tomorrow and i actually already unplugged the lights i'm a little nervous about the wind and because we do have the house Mm -hmm. decorated so there'll be no lights tonight or what have you but uh you know hopefully that windstorm is not as bad as they're saying that's amarillo wind um we had we actually had a land hurricane when i was in amarillo 85 mile an hour winds it was uh it was bananas i mean it blew billboards over it actually blew a bridge over um it was a, a pretty incredible thing What's the safety protocol? Is it like a, just a regular hurricane? Like, what do they tell you? To they do? shut. They shut the facility down. I had to cancel practice. Like, you can find some. Uh, you can find some videos online of literally semis driving down the highway in Amarillo and just blowing over as they're driving down the highway because the wind was so uh, so strong that day. And it wasn't like a gust of eighty-five mile an hour winds. It was. 85 mile an hour winds for about six hours. Ethan, is there wind in Montana? Uh, sorry, I don't know anything about that state. No offense. Uh, I think it depends on which side of the state you're on. I'm on the flat side, so it's very windy. Okay. 
and Nebraska, you're you're right at home then sometimes here. It's the exact same terrain. It doesn't even feel like you driving here. You go through North Dakota, down through South Dakota, uh, and into Iowa and Nebraska. It doesn't feel like you ever leave a state. It's just the exact same terrain the entire way through. And I'm from the Windy City, so it's funny. How Amarillo, there's not a tree in sight. So, like, if your dog ran away, you could watch him go for 50 miles because there's no trees, and, and it's very, very flat. So uh, when it gets windy, it gets really, really windy. It's dusty down there, obviously, in Texas. So the, the you know, the jokes of the the dust balls and the and the, all that stuff is, is all very real. Tumbleweeds and everything else. There, we'd get massive tumbleweeds on the side of our house and – um, so I'm, I'm used to that flat land. I appreciate more than anything about Lincoln, Nebraska, the trees. I love the trees and it reminds me of home and, and I'm very appreciative of that. But when you're golfing in Amarillo, I know you golf. I do. It's easier to find your ball just in case you go a little left to right then if there are no trees, right? Or is it? Yeah, all, but you might run hazards? into, you might run into a rattlesnake. Oh my gosh. Um, so there's something that you got to be a little bit uh, aware of there, but you don't. You also like the wind. It's always windy there. So the the one course we would play is called Comanche. Mm-hmm. The the uh, the back nine, the first four holes are all right in a row, and if it was windy, like thirty mile an hour winds, is not fun to play golf in. That's pretty much an average day in Amarillo. So you're trying to hit the ball into thirty mile an hour wind for four straight holes. Certainly creates a a challenge that's a little bit different than a tree. But I think I'd rather deal with the trees. Yeah, I live right next to Highlands Golf Course. Have you played that course before? Because the wind is a factor there. But, I mean, you came in in June, so I'm not sure if you hit all. No, I, I came. I've actually only played once. I, I flew in for camp, mm-hmm. and I played with uh, with Corey Courtney and oh, Michael well, Sedale. Awesome. And uh, and we had fun. And then, obviously, my wife and I didn't move here till the end of August. We jumped right into training camp, and then we had the baby. And so there's a nice inch or so level of dust on my golf clubs right now that probably isn't getting isn't getting cleaned off until the spring at the very earliest. What um, course did you play at? I wish I could tell you. Oh, I don't know. It was one of the city a, courses? No, like... we were outside oh, the city, okay. about 25 minutes outside the city. Super hilly place. Beautiful golf course. Corey would know. Corey's, uh, he knows all the, the, uh, the courses here around town. Yeah, what is it like golfing with him? Because we've done, you know, social media content where, you know, the coaches are golfing and Corey's, you know, he birdies the first hole on camera and, you know, he's a real showman. So what he gets in people's heads though, too. Corey's a pretty good golfer. He is. I'm not going to sit here and say he's great. <laughs> like he's a good golfer. Um he should for as much golf as he plays. But uh Michael Sedale, our old oh, assistant man. coach, Talk about somebody that hits the golf ball country mile. I mean, just absolutely smashed his driver. Not a whole lot of uh, control of that thing at times, but he can really smack it. Um, but I do think that uh, Dalt and and Henry and and Tom's like those guys went out with Corey and they kind of showed him what was up. Yeah, I go. I've golfed with Daltz a couple times and Zach Erdahl, uh, who's now at the University of Wisconsin. And Daltz, yeah, he can hit the ball a mile, but it's all about control. And he gets in his own head. I can't think for the life of me that Aiden Thompson would be a good golfer because he's so in his head all the freaking time about everything. But you know, Henry Nelson, the state champion, also Henry and Thompson are both really it's good crazy. golfers. We need to see it. We need to. So we need to have you and Corey. 
on one pairing against Thompson Henry. Who do you think? I mean, wins? that's not going to go well. Like Thompson <laughs> Henry are are better than me and Corey. Like, let's make it a little more interesting, and like I'll play with Henry or Thompson, okay. and, and Corey can play with the other one, and and then we got a match on our hands. Okay, welcome to Outside the Box. This is not a Lincoln Stars golf show. It's a Lincoln Stars hockey show, but thank you so much for tuning in. Text line 402-464-5685. Let us know what you're feeling. Ask me, Rocky, or Ethan a question. That's 402-464-5685. So we move in from golf to hockey. And how about a teddy bear toss? You've been a part of these before, Rocky. Saturday night, we'll talk about that Friday um, game against Fargo in a little bit, but to be able to score that first goal, and for those of you that don't know what a teddy bear toss is, Rocky, kind of you know, fill them in on what that situation was like, and then Griffin Jarecki scoring inside the first five minutes. Yeah, so this is obviously a, a tradition in in the sport of hockey, and it's now branching out. I actually just saw a video of a soccer team awesome. doing it, which was pretty amazing. But you know, the 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 objective here is everybody brings a teddy bear, stuffed animal, whatever you want to want to call it. And uh, when the home team scores their first goal of the game, the fans throw all of those stuffed animals onto the onto the ice surface. We pick them all up. We donate them to local charities and, um, you know, toys for tots, et cetera, et cetera, and, and make sure that, you know, we're, we're taking care of some underprivileged kids as best we can with, with that event. It's a super exciting thing for our players because there's some energy in the building. Everybody kind of wants to be the one to, to snag that first goal. And uh, and then there's some pressure on the coach. You know, I had never felt that pressure actually until uh, my first year back in Amarillo. And we talked about mm-hmm. this. I I was uh, back as the head coach there for the first time, and and uh, we ended up getting shut out in that game. And and we were down a few goals at the end of the game. I actually pulled the goalie, called timeout, tried oh, to. Oh, I don't think you told me that. Oh yeah, like I I laid it on the line. There we weren't going to win. It was all about just trying to <laughs> score a goal and. Their team knew that it was teddy bear toss night. That was Shreveport won the national championship that year. They were really good, and they were laying out, blocking pucks up for nothing with a minute left just to try to embarrass us a little bit at home. And, um, you know, that was one of the more embarrassing things I've ever dealt with as a coach. And so every year on teddy bear toss, I'm always a little bit stressed until that puck goes in. So fortunately... Griff didn't uh, make me stress too long. He was able to bury it on the third or fourth shift of the game, whatever it was, and and kind of put us all at ease. Yeah, inside the first four and a half minutes, which which is even weirder about that situation, is that a minute prior you get this pane of glass dislodged along the end board. So that was not the delay of game that I was expecting to start. What was that like on the bench? Because it's like, okay, you have the, all the energy from the crowd that's here. They're all anxious to throw a teddy bear, and then you know you're waiting for three to five minutes. You know, we we probably need to spend a little time looking at that pain because I think yes. it popped out a couple times. But, um, you know, those things happen, obviously, that's that's out of our control. You certainly – I guess if you're going to have it happen, I'd rather it happen at the beginning of the game where we don't have a whole lot of energy yet. There's not a whole lot of emotion in the game yet. And, uh, you know, it actually gave us a little bit of time to just kind of focus and talk a little bit and – and then obviously we're able to score the goal not long after that. So that made it a pretty long first period by the time we picked up all those bears. It was a lot of bears. It was a really great crowd on Saturday night. And, and uh, you know, it took some time to pick all those those up because there were quite a few of them. It took us a while to bag them and then put them in the community action uh, truck just yesterday. It was ridiculous. It's, it's a great problem to have, like you said, but all of those teddy bears and stuffed animals will be donated to 
community action of Lancaster and Saunders counties helping kids in need this holiday season. So you get that goal from Griffin Jarecki. Aiden Thompson scores. You know, he's a goal scorer. He's a point producer. I get it. But in the second period, it's a play where he feeds Lucas Wall into the front of the net. He's stopped by the right pad of Loudon Hogg, and then all chaos ensues. What would you see from that play? You know, sometimes you got to get one of those, and it's a shorthanded goal. It was especially important for us. But, uh, you know, those guys didn't give up on that play. It's easy to give up on that play when uh, when you don't score right away. And, you know, the, the Hogg kid played unbelievable mm-hmm. both nights. I didn't think, you know, we did have a lot of volume shooting on Friday, but we didn't have a ton of second and third chances. And that was, if I was frustrated about anything about Friday night's game, it was that we didn't sustain offense the way we should. We we didn't develop those second and third chances with with uh, pressure in front of the net. We didn't touch pucks to extend our shifts. We kind of just got in. We got a shot. It went in the corner. They picked it up. They broke it out. And so, yes, we generated a lot of chances. No, we didn't really put a ton of pressure on them. And I thought actually – given the situation with all the penalties and everything that we dealt with on Saturday, which is a whole nother discussion. But but even under those circumstances, with the 33 or so shots we had, I thought we did a much better job of really putting some pressure on and, and making him uncomfortable. And then ultimately that, that was a big goal for us, that shorthanded one. And it's another situation where you guys are tied 2-2 in the third period against Fargo. You get no clear deciding goal in the third. You head to overtime. It's Joe LeMay who picks up that overtime goal. Did you know that Joe was projected to play on Saturday, you know, during the week of practice? It was it was our hope, depending on his his uh, return to play protocol. And obviously, if he was able to just continue to improve every day, then, then the plan was for him to play on Saturday. But you never know with, with any injury, there could be a setback. And, and so I wasn't planning on him playing. I was just hopeful that, that he would be in there because obviously he – add so much depth to our team but that uh I mean that overtime was a little bit strange we had a goal review we had a penalty shot not only that that was the second penalty shot of the game called by the the referee just a very oddly officiated game and then you know we're able to uh get a great play by Jarecki down to Wallen Wallen makes an unbelievable area pass to Joe Joe no dust quick quick release and is able to beat him low glove and and end it for us and before we get into our next topic our question our trivia question of the nights you could text the answer to 402-464-5685 in 2019 who was the player that scored the goal to make the teddy bears fly the ice box it was a game against des moines that's the only hint that i'm going to dish out but we did not have a teddy bear toss last year we had about you know 2000 bears brought to uh, a drive through at the ice box so in amarillo last year with everything going on you guys were you able to have something like that and you know it must have been tough just not being able to go full go we did we we ended up having it after so we went a stretch of i think six or seven games where we played with no fans which was just the weirdest thing ever in a five thousand seat facility um and so we had to cancel it during that time frame we were able to uh to get it rescheduled and and we did have it a little later in the year which was really cool and and obviously you know that's that's exciting for our players exciting for our fans so we certainly don't want to miss out on it Let's move on to some NHL storylines. We haven't really dipped into the NHL before. before we do before. that, Let's I want to ask Ethan a question. Sure. We we talk about the text line all the time, Ethan. Yeah. 
Can somebody call us and have a conversation yeah. and ask us a question? Yep, it's the same number. It's uh, So oh. the text line is the Sarder Hammond text line. The Honda of Lincoln hotline is the phone num- phone line. Okay. So if you're listening in and you have a question for Cristiano or myself, or we've got a couple guests, a couple players coming in in a little bit, you can call us at 402-464-5685. You can call us or text a question, comment, or uh, anything that you want to discuss when it comes to Lincoln Stars hockey. Definitely makes our job easier when we've got things to go off of that maybe throws us a little off script because, you know, I think the beauty of this show, and I think you all three of you guys can agree with me, is when it's organic and we're just talking about whatever, it doesn't have to be necessarily, you know, a neutral zone, you know, defensive scheme. It could be Nobody anything. wants to hear about our 1-1-3. No. I mean, we could talk about it with the players when they come sure. on, but we, we run a 1-1-3 neutral zone four check <laughs> for anybody that cares, but I can't imagine that's a topic that, that we're going to run here on, uh, on the out-of-the-box show. Okay, so that's why I kind of want to move into this NHL storyline. We looked at it because it actually happened during our last show, but the Trevor Zegris... Sonny Milano play Whoa. in Anaheim, or Anaheim was on the road, but they were able to pull it off against Buffalo. Ethan, I want to get your thoughts on that play. It was a lacrosse-style fake to a pass over the top of the net. What was your initial thought when you saw that goal executed? You know, just you don't really know how to react because it's the first time you've ever seen something like that. So just, wow, that was one of the most impressive things I've ever seen two guys connect with on the ice, uh, mainly because I'm terrible at batting pucks as a player so uh when i when i try to make contact with a puck in air i can't do it very often so uh, a lot of respect for milano who's getting no respect uh in the aftermath of the goal so i i, I move that it's called the milano not the zegras yeah i don't even agree with you know you can't have one without the other no you can't but let's not forget that the the path for this was paved many years ago by pavel Dotsuk. Yeah. Because Datsuk was the one that started flipping the puck over the net from behind the net into the crease to create some chaos. It had never been batted into the net from there. But, um, you know, we go way back on the quote-unquote Michigan goal. And it's now been played out to a point where it's not as impressive anymore when you see somebody do it. Because players are very talented, but they also they try it over and over and over and over again. So um, th- it's that... It's that initial reaction of something that you've never seen before that that makes it so impressive. And when I watched that goal, I'm like, man, that was unbelievable. Um, and then it clicked. Like, Datsuk used to do that. And then I started, as I was on Twitter later that night, there were some hockey guys referencing the fact that Datsuk used to make that play. So super impressive play by Zegris. Unbelievable play by Milano. Players in in this day and age are pushing the envelope and and trying new and innovative things, which is, I think, great. I I really think it's good for the game. I thought it was an interesting take by John Tortorella to say that it's bad for the game and he doesn't want to hear it or see it anymore. And maybe that's why he's sitting behind a a desk right now and not coaching anymore for as good of a coach as he is. But, you know, do I want to see our players doing it all the time? No. Do I want us to, you know... Pick the right time? Okay, fine. Pick the right time. If we're in a 1-1 game in the third, like maybe we're going to try to get it to the net the old-fashioned way. But um, but I certainly i am all for creativity, and that's about as creative as it gets. Yeah, that was just nuts. I mean, go ahead, Ethan. I was going to say, if I can defend Torres, that's pretty on brand for him. Oh, 100%. Oh, it's, it's a, it, but... it is John Tortorella to a T, and, and that's why his players that he's played for either love him or hate him. Um, but 
you know, like what's wrong with a little bit of creativity? I don't see a problem with it. The most ironic part was that Sonny Milano played for Columbus when John Tortorella was there and did not have the offensive resurgence that he's had in Anaheim now because maybe that creativity, that type of play, he didn't fit that mold for Torts. You know what? I, I don't know. Like, I, I, to me, I think there's time and place. And, um, you know, John Tortorella is a, a pretty difficult coach to play for where either a, a player absolutely loves him or he mm-hmm. absolutely hates him. And I don't know. You can have the two guys you're going to talk to later this afternoon or this, this evening. May They might not like playing for me. Maybe I don't give them enough opportunity to be creative. I'm not sure. But, um, you know, it's to me, I think there's time and place. And, and you know, down below the goal line, below the dots, by all means, let's let's get creative. Uh, but when it comes to blue line turnovers and such that I'm sure John Tortorella probably didn't put up with with Sonny Milano, and maybe they are putting up with it in, in Anaheim a little bit more, but, uh, you know, to each their own. Did you see any way do the Michigan in the North American League when you were there? Or what was the craziest, you know, maybe? I actually play? saw it when I was in Philly. Oh, wow. Um, so a kid came down uh, left stick, came – came down the right wall and and actually toe dragged the puck through our defenseman's legs uh open hipped so that he was facing the net going behind the net and all in one motion as he was flying around the net was able to scoop the puck and come around and it was unbelievable like it was done at full speed like I thought that was way more impressive than anybody standing behind the net and doing it because he came in on the rush and did it and was able to open his hips and kind of mohawk open to control the puck and, and be able to time it properly. Like it was it was one of the more impressive goals that I've ever witnessed in person. And George was at the other end of the bench. You can actually ask him. Like I just turned my head and looked at him and was kind of in awe. And he was like, did he just do that? And I, I didn't know what to say because it was really impressive. Yeah, how much is that then tipping your hat to, you know, the opposition like that where something like that happens and you have a goalie that's – Oh, know our that. goalie looked at the bench exactly. and I'm just like, whatever, man. Like, that's the one time I'll let a player go palms up because there's just nothing you can do about it. Like, normally we talk about palms up, which is kind of like, I had my guy, it's not my responsibility. But in that situation, it's like sometimes you just got to – you got to tip your hat to the the opponent for an unbelievable effort. Is it better that you know two American players combined for that? We'll bring on a Canadian in a little. Yeah, bit, we're going to bring on a Canadian. As today, we had a one of our Lincoln Stars players make the U.S. World Junior yes. Team, which is pretty awesome. So I'm sure there's going to be some smack talk going on in the locker room. I'm excited about that, and uh, we'll be able to you know hopefully I don't know what day that game is, but. I would suspect we're probably going to try to find a way to have the team get together to watch that U.S. Canadian game. Yeah, it was late. it's usually that you know December twenty sixth, twenty seventh, I think, because they had an outdoor game which was super cool in Buffalo. Do you remember that where it was snowing, Canada, United States? You had Middle Stats team. Did you uh, catch yes. that game? Oh, I I am I'm a World Junior junkie. Yeah. Like I love it, and like I said, I I find. I find a random app. If I can't get it on TV, I, I find a way to get the games. And um, I'm not just watching the U.S. games. I'm watching all the games. I just find it to be so so exciting to watch hockey at this level. I love junior hockey. I love players at this at this age in the development 
um, to see them performing at such a high level. It's it's just exciting. And those guys then move on and play in uh, in the National Hockey League, and they become big-time college players. And I just think it's so exciting to watch them while they're still playing junior. And how proud does that make you as a coach that, you know, Caden Imberico made the cut. He's one of those three net miners uh, that's going to be representing the United States. I mean, we it's it's a it's a special feeling for for us it's a, a feeling of pride for our our you know Lincoln Stars and and uh this this city and this organization to know that we're going to have a a represent representation on that team in fact we're going to have two i mean you know Dom James doesn't play here anymore he plays at the University of Minnesota Duluth now but he was actually supposed to be back this year and ended up going to school a year early and and he's really popped in college and and was able to make the team so I think that's pretty cool of of our fans to be able to uh you know to to watch a guy like Caden play here and then play on that stage Dom play here play on that stage maybe the guy that you're you're going to interview uh here in a little bit you know, if he manages to figure it out next year, maybe he has a crack at that Canadian team. So should be uh, should be pretty cool. Yeah, we'll be back in a couple of minutes. You're listening to Outside the Box. Outside the Box with Lincoln Stars head coach Rocky Russo and Stars broadcaster Cristiano Simonetta. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back to Outside the Box. I'm Cristiano Simonetta, joined alongside by Stars head coach Rocky Russo. Rocky will get to our guests in just a second, but we have to thank today's sponsor. Today's show is brought to you by Farm Bureau agent Rick Michener. When it comes to insurance, all you need to remember is Rick Michener. He's your local Farm Bureau financial services agent and can be your one agent for life, auto, home, farm and ranch, and business insurance. Rick Michener in Lincoln, it's your future. Let's protect it. Rocky, we've got a couple of guys on joining us. One, 17-year-old Michael Mashromenico, a defenseman. Christian Kosas, a 17-year-old forward from the United States, the greatest country there is. Mastro, what was that like listening to that, you know, first segment? Some trash talking from Rocky a little bit about, you know, Canada versus the United States. You grew up in Kirkland about 45 minutes away from Montreal. What are your thoughts? Um, I mean, we all know Canada's going to win this year. Um, you guys said that last year, too. <laughs> Well, now we're coming back with a vengeance, so, <laughs> yeah, no, it'll be an interesting tournament, and like Rocky said, World Juniors are always some one of the most fun times of the year for hockey, um, so, yeah, I'm excited to watch and see Canada win gold again. World Junior is, is like, life in Canada, right? Like, it is. It's, it's something that Canadians, Canadian hockey fans, uh, they look forward to, right? You, you have, uh, you know, Christmas, Boxing Day, whatever weird holiday you have up there and then and then you get ready for for world juniors tell us tell us about your experience as a as a young kid and your first memories of of world junior hockey um i i can't tell you i can't remember games that i've watched i remember a lot of gold for canada um (laughs) but yeah no just the tournament all around um you get to see all the best players at the top stage um, under 20 guys, guys who this year I'll, I'll have played against and with, which would be really cool. So, um, yeah, as I keep getting older, the juniors comes more of a reality and more of a fun experience to watch. And you were you were at the 40-man camp this summer, were you not? For the under-18s, yes. And tell us, just tell us what your experience was like there. Obviously, there are some guys there that – were you know in in contention to play on this world junior team and and 
you know, tell us uh, tell us what it's like to to be competing against those type of players. It's pretty eye opening. I mean, playing in the USHL last year, there was really good competition with a bunch of college guys who came back. Um, so that was tough hockey to play in, especially as a 16 year old. But going there in the summer, uh, I got to see all the best guys in my age group and kind of put myself, kind of see myself where I where I stood. Um, it was a fun four games I played, and I got to play against the World Junior guys for the last game, which was a really good experience. So I played a lot of, against a lot of the guys that are actually playing on that team this year. Um, but yeah, it's it, their Team Canada is super professional with everything they do, and um, it was kind of yeah, like I said, eye opening because I saw all the the work that really that really got put into every single day and just a seven day week. But um, it shows that there's a lot of work that goes into those tournaments and preparing your body and they did a lot of mental work with us so um it was fun to be there there's a guy in our league uh, now he played world junior for uh for canada about 10 years before you were born uh but marty murray the head coach of the sioux falls stampede was a world junior hero for canada back in 94 95 he had 15 points in the seven games uh, of that um, that tournament there in in '94 and and was uh, just an unbelievable impact player for for Canada. So pretty cool that we've got uh, you know a tie in to uh, a really successful World Junior player on the Canadian side coming to play against us in the Ice Box on Friday night. But for you also as a coach coming into the USHL, you also are robbed of the opportunity to play the USA team, whether it's the 17s or the 18s. The first time I saw Caden Imberico, it was as a 16-year-old kid. He stopped 30 shots and, you know, really went toe-to-toe with our guys. I, I got plenty of the the U.S. team when I was in Youngstown. Mm-hmm. Uh, Van Riemsdyk and Patrick oh, Kane and, and those guys. So um, I don't need to play Patrick Kane at the junior level anytime soon again because – he was spinning his stick after like the fifth or sixth goal he scored when they beat us eleven to one when they when he was on the uh, the eighteen team. So um, we we used to beat up on the seventeens, right? Like just beat up on them all year long, and then you know they'd be so far down in the standings they would be um, the eighteens would play every once in a while, but the seventeens played a little bit more of their schedule, and then the seventeens kind of morph into the eighteens around March. And then they get really good, but they're kind of a little bit too far out of the playoff picture. But then when you play the 18s, man, were they dynamic and, and really, really good. So, um, And then we played the 17s in uh, at the, the North American League Showcase when I was with Amarillo. Caden Imberico was the goalie, and we smacked him 4-1. to one. So uh, I, I asked Caden if he remembered that game, and he put his head down real quickly and said, I do. And uh, I said, but you didn't play that game, did you? And he said, no, thankfully, because I don't think it would have been any better if I was in the net. Speaking, so. speaking of USA Hockey, Christian Kosis, a kid growing up on the East Coast. You had, uh, you know, the Devils, you had the Rangers, you had the Islanders growing up. Because you're about, what, 50 minutes away from New York City and then as well as the Prudential Center, too. So, like, how did you grow up and become this, you know, hockey phenom in terms of the way you wanted to, you know, start your first 17 years of your life? It seems like it's all you've ever known. Uh, well, I guess uh, my dad uh, was a manager of the rink, so I was just kind of always around the rink. I was called the rink rat until I was about 12 years old. Uh, I would just go out any single ice I would see, like learn to play, learn to skate, just go out little kids. So I've kind of always been doing that. So I guess like that's how that's brought me to here. 
You so, get into it? We just got a text from so we, the... So we've uh, got a text on the, the Sardar Wonder Bauman who it could text be. Text line. Text us at 402-464-5685. But the text we just received is, could you have Mastro give his best Cristiano impression when Lincoln <laughs> scores a goal? Question mark. Question mark. Wow. I wonder who could have sent this one in. <laughs> Um, you can you go ahead if you've got the. I mean, if if Arnold gives me permission, I'd love to do look, it. Look, look. The first thing I'm going to preface here is that Ethan, we do have clips of me that we can play <laughs> today, but maybe we'll get into that next week. You might we'll, need to compare them, but I. You I'm, may. But let's let's hear what what. Go ahead. Can I Masters leave this? Got. Can I leave the studio for? Who, who do we want to score? I mean, <laughs> I mean, you could do yourself. Why not? No, I I would like to maybe someone else. I'll get Christian. Maybe Rocky Russo. There you oh, go. That's let's a good get, one. Now that's a good one. Go all right. On. All right. Pass the slot. Rocky Russo shoots. He scores! And they're up one nothing. Lincoln Star score. Rocky Russo goal. I I just want to know how many cars just swerved <laughs> off the road into a ravine. Um, that's that's pretty high pitch. That's Mickey Mouse ass. I was actually gonna say that, and I actually watched uh, Minnie and Mickey's <laughs> Wish Upon a Christmas today, and. Uh, if I'm gonna have Mastro do that for my daughter because she's gonna think that you're you're Mickey Mouse. <laughs> no, I I hear that walking through the locker room and I hear a lot of things. I feel like a construction worker in New York City sometimes, <laughs> or you know, someone walking through a construction site. But uh, look, imitation the guys is appreci- the highest. Guys, they appreciate what you do. They appreciate what you do, and you know, the more goals we score, the more opportunities we get to hear that uh, yes. that fantastic yes. impression there from from Mastro. That's why we need more texts at 402-464-5685. Or call us with your best impression. No, I'm kidding. But 402-464-5685. Who out, does somebody else in the locker room do a oh, good God. auto oh, impression? Plenty. I think I kind of started it, and yes. everyone's caught on, and we, we all got that high-pitched voice going. So <laughs> It's normally a master on shader. Yeah, but Ano hears it, and he loves it. Yeah, I know. It's, it's whatever. So tomorrow, guys, is a big day. Huge. Tomorrow is uh, after practice. We, I mean, practice is huge. We got a big yes. day of practice mm-hmm. tomorrow. I have a lot planned for us tomorrow. Preparing for Sioux Falls, yeah, of course. But after practice, we have our team Secret Santa. We do, and the coaching staff is involved in the Secret Santa this year. So we we told Ano about how he wasn't involved and he wasn't too happy, but wasn't we wasn't around when when the. The names are being pulled. Like it, that was kind of just a first come, first serve thing. <laughs> so they asked George. We were walking through the locker room after after practice, and they're like, "Hey, George, you want to be in on the on the secret Santa?" He's like, "No, I'm not doing that." Really? And then they're like, "Hey, coach, you want in?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm in." And they're like, "Art, you want in?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm in." And George's like, "Okay, I'll do it." <laughs> <laughs> Did you do one in Amarillo or, or nothing like that around the holidays? Uh, the guys did it. We actually okay. kind of stayed out of it a little bit. And, uh, you know, because sometimes it's super gag gifts. And, you know, I I don't know if I want to be a part of that. But, <laughs> That's what it is this year, um, I, I did uh, I did join in this year. And the person that I got is going to get an actual gift. I did not get them a gag gift. Uh, I got them a gift that I think they're very much going to appreciate. Well, I'll just share my quick story. Like last year, I had Tony Fulmer, who was the captain of the Stars, one of the two captains, because we had two captains. And uh, it's kind of like that weird thing of do I go completely funny and non serious, or do I get them something? So I got him, you know, a gift card as well as, you know, the thing I ended up getting him. 
I I really wanted to go with the gag gift because I had a perfect gag gift, but um, I I I took the high road and I and I got something nice for this person that I think they're gonna enjoy very much. So, um, but I'm sure there's gonna be some funny gifts. I'm actually really looking forward to uh, to sitting in and and seeing some of the personalities of the guys and and letting them let their guard down a little bit and just have some fun. Coast, is that a lot of pressure being, you know, one of the younger guys in the room? Like, we're not going to tell anybody who you got, but, you know, if you get an older guy, is it one of those things where maybe they'll be a little too sensitive if I, you know, give them something specific? No, I got the perfect guy. There you go. I, I, also, I, got, I got one guy, and then I was like, yeah, I don't want this guy. I saw the, I saw the next <laughs> number, and I was like, yeah, this is the guy I'm picking right now. I, think, I got him. I think Christian found a great in-between, too. He's got him, he got him two pretty good gifts, but the way we wrapped his gifts oh. – Oh, so you, you guys shared who you have. So we were roomies. We had to go shopping together. So okay. that was a kind of kind of a given. But um, I helped him wrap his I helped him wrap his gift, and we we have it assembled in a funny way. So you'll see it tomorrow, and you'll notice it. Well, Dalt had the Dalt had the hat with all the numbers in it, and the first two I picked out, I'm like, absolutely not, and I put them back in. <laughs> That's what I did too. And so then the third one I got, I'm like, yeah, that'll be a good one. I'll take him. So. And you guys, before we even get to Secret Santa tomorrow, you guys were at a school today. Speaking of the holidays with, you know, helping out the community and stuff like that, we finally got to go to Randolph Elementary, a school that we've been to two years ago, and then COVID happened and all that stuff. I really appreciate you guys taking the time, you know, out of your day to do that. What was that like interacting with some, you know, crazy second and first graders that'll be coming to the Icebox in a couple months, too? Um, It was pretty fun. I mean, we had layers on top of layers on us, so... It got a bit hot in there dancing with the little kids, but um, it's always good to get back to the community and um, just go around spending some Lincoln Stars joy. So, yeah, we had a good time. I think just, like, going back to the school, and you were that kid one day too, so you just got to look at it like that and uh, how happy all those kids were. It just kind of makes your day. And we get to the mall after Mastro. I see Mastro's back, and it's just literally just <laughs> – water down all of his back i'm like jesus yeah they didn't mail it in today rocky they were doing some just dance stuff with the kids they were getting chased by 60 kids like i'm sure you'll see videos tag. oh we, we can't wait to post that stuff but you got some players that you know really love to be a part of this community and get involved well and that's you know that's one of the things i really love about our team is that you know we've got some really outgoing personalities they've jumped in with two feet on all of the the community service work that we've done to this point uh, I'm interested to see uh, how much they jump in on uh, on Thursday when they get to go to Savannah Pines and do some Christmas caroling and, and some interaction with some older folks. But uh, I think that's actually going to be a, a lot of fun. We used to take the guys to the hospitals in Amarillo around Christmas time and, and sing Christmas carols. And so I have a feeling that uh, we're going to have some guys that really jump in and, and enjoy that, that uh, event on Thursday. We'll talk more about who's going to have the best pipes during that event. When we come back, you are listening to Outside the Box. Back to Outside the Box with Rocky Russo and Cristiano Simonetta on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back to Outside the Box. I'm Cristiano Simonetta, joined alongside by Stars head coach Rocky Russo, Stars defenseman Michael Mashman-Minico, and Stars forward Christian Kosas. We had a question on the text line over the break. Rocky with Caden and Barrico headed to represent his country at the World Juniors. Cameron Whitehead banged up with a lower body injury. What does the goaltending situation in Lincoln look like right now? 
Cameron Cameron is out. Uh, Cameron is week to week with a lower body injury. He will be healthy and ready to go. It's good timing for the injury that he got because he's able to uh, take some extra time over the, the Christmas break and uh, do what he needs to do to be ready to play when we return. Uh, so he will be healthy after Christmas. But uh, in the meantime, uh, we have got uh, Jackson Baker, who has served as our third goaltender this year. And uh, and we've got a goalie on our affiliate list, an 4 by the name of Ben Behrens, who is currently playing with the Bismarck Bobcats in the North American Hockey League. And uh, Ben has been here uh, practicing with us for the last couple days, and he will serve as our other goaltender for this weekend. So um, the Lincoln Stars look a little different in the net this week, but, uh, you know, it's uh, it's a next-man-up mentality when we're missing guys up front and, and – uh, when we're missing D, and and right now it's going to be a next man um, uh, up mentality when it comes to the net. Let's get to a lighter subject then, because obviously you guys have been dealing with you know, suspensions, uh, injuries, and now stuff like this. We got to call guys up, but the holidays are right around the corner, and we have two guests, a combined age, Rocky, of thirty-four years old. So I thought it would be fun to talk I'm about thirty-nine. Some, <laughs> my goodness, <laughs> to talk about some Christmas movies and see if they've seen some of the ones you know growing up that maybe were popular in our households. Do you have a favorite off the bat? A Christmas movie that always has to be turned on and watched when December rolls around. Home Alone. Like, like Home Alone is the best. Uh, there's even, like, spinoffs of Home Alone, too, now that... Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, I you know, I love Home Alone. I love Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. <laughs> Don't really care for Home Alone 3, but then no. I watched... Like, I sat and watched some random Home Alone spinoff. The new um, one? The new one that just came out on yeah, Disney Plus? Yeah, uh, that I thought was hilarious. <laughs> like... The, the the cheesy stuff that happens in the house cracks me up, but um, that one is is absolutely something that I've got to watch. Christmas Story, um, you know, my daughter and I watched Frosty mm-hmm. last week. We're gonna watch Rudolph. Like some of those, you know, those Christmas cartoons from when I was a really a little kid that you didn't have DVR or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you got excited when CBS was gonna run frosty or rudolph and you know my me and my sisters would would you know plan for that and make sure we were there in front of the tv to watch all right coast have you ever seen how the grinch stole christmas with jim carrey no no that's, that's not even an Ouch. old like you haven't seen how the two, Grinch. That, come on I've, I, I've, I've seen it one. i've seen you've it. seen what I about have. what about elf Yes, I have watched that one. Well, what are your thoughts about Elf? Then, really cool. Uh, it's a, it's probably top five on my list. I mean, okay. I gotta go with Rocky with Home Alone. I think Home Alone's just uh, Home Alone spans my- generations, yes. right? Like, I actually saw somebody on on social media say they should redo Home Alone and have Macaulay Culkin in his cur- at his current age just play the part, <laughs> and everybody completely ignore that he's an adult. And I think that would be hilarious, but. Um, I can't believe you have you've seen How the Grinch Stole yes. Christmas. Did yes. you see the old one? There's an older version where it's just like you know an animated cartoon. Uh, I I've probably seen. I think I remember seeing the animated cartoon. Okay. I can't tell you. I could explain how. I, I'm sure it goes the same way as the regular <laughs> Grinch, but it does. Yes. Um, yeah. No. For my family, uh, Home Alone and Elf are two classics that we put the pajamas on, ugly sweaters on, and we sit down on the couch and watch it together. Christmas Vacation. That's Absolutely. one of the best. Elite. But Clark Griswold. Like it, it doesn't get double any better. Zero. Yes. Perfect. It was a 1980s movie. Uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Does it ring a bell at all? 
Yes, I'm a I'm a big Netflix junkie, so you <laughs> won't get sense. many movies past me. Ghost? Uh no, I'm not really a Netflix junkie like uh, Like I Mastro. I will tell you you need um, to go watch Christmas Vacation. Yes. It is it is an absolute beauty it's of hilarious. a movie. Hilarious. Yes. Hilarious. And then Vegas Vacation. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a that's a whole nother ball of wax, ball. but um, I guarantee you they've never seen It's a Wonderful Life then. It rings a bell. I can't. Okay. It's I in black and white. It's a very classic yes. Christmas. Probably movie. not if it's in black if and it's white. If it's in black and white, I, yeah, I, I click the next. Tend, one. tend to stay away from those. Question. Yeah. For for Ethan, for Cristiano is Die Hard oh, a Christmas God. movie? It is. Ethan's giving us a thumbs down. Yeah, I mean, kind of like just because it like takes place <laughs> during, during Christmas. Christmas I, I appreciate people that want to go all out and do that. I think that's very cool to make it a thing to watch him go through the vents and be like, you know what? Yeah, this is perfect for some milk and cookies. Yeah, it, listen, if 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 it reminds you of Christmas, yeah. perfect. Like if you want to watch it around the holidays, perfect. I don't think when we're when we're kind of categorizing movies that it it counts as a Christmas movie. And if you're listening in, Texas. Four zero two four six four five six eight five. What are your favorite Christmas movies? And is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Did you ever see Jack Frost with Michael Keaton? I have. Yeah. You know what is, is another excellent one? The Santa Claus. Yeah. I love Tim Allen, um, and I think the Santa Claus is a great movie. I actually like the Santa Claus too as well. Mrs. Claus. Don't really like the third one. My wife made me turn the third one off a couple nights ago, but the first two I think are great. Okay, so guys, you have one kid growing up in New Jersey, another in Canada. So Christmas movies, is that big in the Coast's household or no? Um, I guess now since I have two little brothers, I mean, obviously they, they enjoy Christmas. Uh, so you just got to do whatever they kind of want. So um, when I get home, it's definitely going to be a lot of Christmas movies. And there's a bunch of house that decorate decorate with lights and you'll go walk around and stuff so my mom already told me that's uh on the agenda Mastro, your dad's making homemade pasta some porchetta maybe this holiday season what's that like he was just sending me pictures of the porchetta he just bought um yeah no i got a very italian nonna who comes we my cousins come over um we we cook a big feast and we eat all day do you do the on christmas eve do you do the seven fishes we don't we do eat fish though all right, I got to talk to your dad. No, my dad. My dad is so he doesn't. We don't all eat fish because not all of us enjoy fish. But he is strictly fish on New Year's, uh, on Christmas Eve. It's a very Italian tradition to have the feast of the seven fishes on Christmas Eve, and I grew up that way. And I'm I'm forcing my wife to get involved with that. <laughs> Mastro Coast, thank you guys so much for joining today's show this week. Really appreciate having you on. Thank you for having us. Thank Rocky, you for having us. That'll do it for another week of Outside the Box. We'll see you guys next Tuesday. Happy holidays, guys.